Tonight's reading comes from Psalm 51. The introduction says this, For the choir director, a psalm of David regarding the time Nathan, the prophet, came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. How will you be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is, is just? For I was born a sinner, yes, from my mother's womb. But you have desired honesty from the womb. You, you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins, and I'll be clean. Wash me, and I'll be water than, whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy once again. You have broken me. Now, let me rejoice. Don't keep looking down on my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence. And don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to the rebels. And they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God, O God who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. You do not desire a sacrifice, or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. Look with favor on Zion and help her. Rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with the sacrifices offered in the right spirit, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then the bulls will again be sacrificed on your altar. This psalm, Psalm 51, we are told is written by King David following an encounter with his prophet, Nathan. Nathan had come to the king, and God had told Nathan to share this story that, that God had given Nathan in a vision. And the story was that there was a wealthy landowner who was to throw a big party, and he had all kinds of his own livestock, but instead of choosing one of his own livestock, he saw his neighbor who had one little ewe lamb, a little baby lamb, and he ordered that that lamb be taken and killed and slaughtered for the wealthy landover's feast. Now, when David heard this story from Nathan, he was enraged. He couldn't believe it, and he said, this man deserves death. 
And it was at that moment that Nathan looks at his king and he says, Your Highness, you are that man. David has been caught. He had an affair with Bathsheba. And then to try to cover it up, he brought home Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, one of his military commanders, who was in battle at the time. When he couldn't get the military commander to do what he wanted, he sent him back with secret orders to make sure that he was killed. So not only did David have an affair, now he has tried to cover it up with murder. He then pretends to be the consoling king when the kingdom finds out about this tragic death of Bathsheba's husband and seeing that she is newly pregnant. And what a tragedy. And so David, you know, comes to the rescue and marries her and she joins the wives of David. Now David knows the truth that he is a man of dishonor and deceit. And he has been rocked to his core. David's also a musician. So he does what he knows can bring some consolation to his soul. He writes a song. He writes this song. Psalm 51, a psalm that identifies his sin, his sinful actions, his, his sin that comes from birth, from conception. But it's not just about David's sin. It's also a psalm about my sin. And perhaps... It's even a psalm about your sin. There is no complaint in this psalm against God. The only complaint is against the ones who sing it. This complaint is all about us. David begins with the question, why would God have mercy on someone like me? Why would God have mercy on someone like David? But then we could ask that about ourselves too, could we not? Why would God have mercy on someone like me? Well, the quick answer is that it's not about you. God doesn't have mercy on you because of you. It's nothing that you did. It's nothing in terms of your greatness that God decided to have mercy. No. God has mercy on you because that is who God is. David recognizes this when he says, in that very first verse. Have mercy on me, O God, 
have mercy on me because of your unfailing love. David recognizes that God's love, it's steadfast and it never fails. In the book of Hosea, one of the minor prophets, God calls Hosea in the beginning to go and to marry a woman named Gomer who is a promiscuous woman. <clears throat> she has um, she becomes identified as a prostitute. Um, and so God has Hosea marry her, which he does, takes her as his wife, brings her home. It isn't long before she has strayed away back to her ways. And when she does this, she abandons her husband. She abandons a new life that has been given to her. And she returns to that which is familiar and that which perhaps is comfortable. She's not used to all this new stuff. But God has a command for Hosea. In chapter 3, we read about this. Then the Lord said to me, Go and love your wife again, even though she commits adultery with another lover. This will illustrate that the Lord still loves Israel, even though the people have turned to other gods and love to worship them. God calls Hosea to return to his wife, to bring her home, and to continue to love her. This is the kind of love that God has for you and me. At our most unloving and unfaithful times, at, at our most unfaithful times, at our most unloving times, God pursues you and me. God not only pursues us, he seeks us out. God comes to us and loves us and keeps us even with all of our faults. God would have mercy on someone like you because that is the nature of who God is. God would have mercy on someone like me because that is the nature of God. A God of unfailing love and a God of compassion and mercy. That's the other word that David uses to describe God. Not just a God of steadfast, never-failing love, but of God of compassion and mercy. In Hosea, later on in chapter 11, he speaks of a child. We can imagine, he refers to him as Israel. We can imagine it being his son. And Hosea talks about this relationship that he has with his son, who is rebellious. Let me read a few of the verses in chapter 11. When Israel was a child... Hosea says, I loved him, and I called my son, 
out of Egypt. But the more I called to him, the farther he moved away from me. I led my son Israel along with my ropes of kindness and love. I lifted the yoke from his neck, and I myself stooped over to feed him. Oh, how can I give you up, O Israel, my beloved child? How can I let you go? How can I destroy you like Adma or demolish you like Zebulim? My heart is torn within me and my compassion overflows. No, I will not unleash my fierce anger. I will not destroy Israel. For I am God and not a mere mortal. I am the Holy One living among you and I will not come to destroy What David wants us to understand is the power of God's love for you and me. How it is never ending. How it is unrelenting, even in our unfaithfulness. Even in our brokenness. God has mercy and compassion for you like Hosea has for his rebellious son why would God have mercy on someone like me because of God's unfailing love and because of God's amazing compassion and mercy because that is who God is King David then guides us next into our confession of sin He uses three different words in this section of the psalm. He refers to sin three times in three different ways. Once as a rebellion, another time as iniquity, and a third time as our sin and that we are sinners. Three different descriptions of sin from the Hebrew language. David's confession is comprehensive. And he calls us to be comprehensive in our confession. Some of my friends who have been a part of the recovering community have taught me a lot about the fifth step. The fourth step is preparing for the fifth step. The fifth step is acknowledging all of your wrongs to God, to yourself, and to one other person, usually a leader within the recovering community. In that fifth step, they admit the exact nature of all their wrongs, and the fourth step is a process of, of delineating every wrong. And I've been privileged to be a part of people's fourth and fifth steps in their preparation. And the, sometimes the the paper, the, the pages on the notepad go on and on, page after page after page. Because it's a comprehensive confession. Because our lives are complex. And sometimes we 
don't even realize the sin, the harm, the damage. But as we identify it, we turn it over to God. Just as comprehensive as our sin is, so is God's forgiveness that comprehensive. David doesn't stop with the sin. He goes on to talk about God's forgiveness in a comprehensive way, once again using three different Hebrew words for forgiveness. The first one, blot out. The second one, to wash away our sin. And the third is to cleanse us from our sin. That is why we sing, speak, remember these words. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and a new and right spirit within me. Create in me. Whenever God creates, God creates in the beginning in Genesis out of nothing, and he creates something new. In the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve have fallen, God acknowledges their brokenness, and he gives them something new. God always creates something new, even in the midst of our sin. Even though our sin may have clouded our destiny, even though our sin may have damaged our plans, God creates a new plan. God creates a new you. And God can create a new heart, a clean heart, a new spirit, a right spirit. With that kind of good news, how can we speak? How can we keep still? Don't we want to tell everyone about what God has done? If you have understood the power of God's immense forgiveness and compassion and mercy and love, how can we stop ourselves from telling, from singing? I will joyfully sing your praise, David says, and I will teach all your ways, even to the rebellious ones. How can we stop from singing, from speaking about the one who loves us? Create in me a clean heart, O God, and a new and right spirit within me. Amen.